Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Hey folks and welcome to the Explominate podcast. I'm your host Ben and this week we've got Drexy. Hey Ben, how's it going? I'm going good sir, how are you? Uh, not too bad apart from my neighbour dreading, so this is a bit... <laughs> I'm going to have to pause maybe a couple of times during this recording, but hopefully the listeners won't hear it. <laughs> so it's not some crazy drill and bass music you've got, got playing in the background? Unfortunately not. <laughs> I like a bit of square pusher. Um, and... Joining me, joining us this week, we've also got Sean. See, I didn't hear the drilling, so I thought it was a euphemism. Hey guys, how are we going? <laughs> Who's Draxy drilling this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, dear. It's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? <laughs> okay, let's do some news, because there has been a small amount of 4X news this week. I'm going to start with Galsiv 4. So, I'm not massively familiar with Galsiv 4. I've honestly been trying to avoid it, and... That's not the best. That's not really what you want to hear from somebody who's supposed to be an expert on 4X games. However, I've got a I've got a real horse in this race with Galsiv because I really, really quite like Galsiv 3. Um, I know not everybody does, but it's it's I think it's a really good game. And Galsiv 4 looks to be doing a lot of different things. And so I'm kind of excited about it and I didn't really want to spoil it for myself. So I've not really watched any of the videos that Rob's been doing, but I know Rob has been playing it on our YouTube channel. Um but just to just to let people know that uh, there's a 0.55 patch uh, update that's come out, and uh, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Now I'm not going to read out read it out, but uh, I urge you if you're interested in Galaxy 4, go and have a look at it. You can actually get the game now on Epic, and you know play the pre-release if you want to be involved in the you know in the game's development. So um, go and check it out. So that's all I've got to say about Galaxy 4. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much because partly because I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, but I think that it's, it's kind of at that stage in the game's development where, I mean, you know, we're on version 0.55, so there's still a fair way to go on it. So um, it's going to be a very early, early development thing. But for the little bits that I've seen of it, I mean, the graphics are incredible. And um, it looks like the, the extra features that they've added, just from talking to Brad when we did the interview, it just sounds like it's going to be such a great game. So yeah, keep keep your eyes on this one anyway. And uh, Sean's got some information for us about Phoenix Point. I sure do. So there's another update coming. It'll be coming up with the Behemoth update. That's the one where it releases on all the different platforms, all the consoles on October the first. So there's a Hypnos up. It's called the Hypnos update, and it's focusing on quality of life changes, uh, aspects of the geoscape, like how the strategy layer works. 
and it'll be focusing a lot on diplomacy with the different factions as well. Have you been playing it much, Sean? Uh, not lately. I've it's I was going to get into it when the Festering Skies update came out, and I had a bit of a look at it and played a bit, and then I went and did other stuff, and then by the time I wanted to come back, they'd announced everything coming out on October the 1st, and then I was like, I might as well just wait for that. So <laughs> we're just waiting for the next update. It seems like we're in this cycle of just always waiting for the next big update. Yeah, that's, that's the uh, that's the, basically the state that I'm in with the game as well. Like after, when Festering Skies came out, I actually played the game for, properly for the first time. Uh, I've been a little bit late to the party with Phoenix Point, but I think it seems like a fairly good game. I, I know that there, there was a few people on our Discord kind of throwing throwing some criticism at it, and um, you know, one, one of our regulars was saying he's not that keen, and I can't remember what it, it, what it was exactly that he was saying, but he he just thinks that the game's got problems basically, and they're problems that the that the that are not going to be fixed by adding more DLC. But I didn't agree, and I think that from what I've played of it so far, it seems like a really fun game now. So. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes next and I'd be interested to hear what other people think about it because Phoenix Point comes from Julian, you know, it's developed by Julian Gollop. Uh, he's a he's a lead developer on that game and he has a rich history um, doing games for Microprose. So he he did UFO, um, better known as XCOM. Uh, so he did the XCOM games, the original ones. Uh, he did, well, he did the first one and I think he might have done uh, XCOM Apocalypse as well, I think. I think that was Julian Gollop as well, but that, they were they were just phenomenally good games. They're still good games to this day, in my opinion. And um, so he's you know, and he he did Laser Squad Nemesis, uh, Laser well the original Laser Squad as well. So um, and Laser Squad Nemesis it was a great game because it was very much uh, Frozen Synapse. You know, it was like that precursor, I guess, to Frozen Synapse with the the sort of we go, uh, you know, a two player game with a we go system, and that that was a, just an, another phenomenally good game. So I think people were expecting a lot from Phoenix Point and had a bit of a shaky release, if I remember right. Yeah, I think with with the complaints we're hearing about, I think because they played earlier on, those complaints were entirely valid. Like it launched in a pretty a, a pretty dodgy state and it took a while to really sort itself out. And it, it's pretty good now. Like it's got, people still talk about a couple of balance issues. There's things with the diplomacy that this patch actually aims to sort out. Um, there is a big balance patch that just came out recently. So it's it's taken a while, but I think it's in a in a really good place right now. Yeah, that's good. I think we're gonna to have to go back to that one when I get some time and and give it a proper playthrough because I really like the alien design in it. I think I think the aliens are really really cool. I think the um, I know some people were a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more customization of of you know your characters in it. And I don't know, like I think XCOM already does that. I think if you want that kind of thing, then probably XCOM's the game to go to because that XCOM two has got has got customization nailed. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And in Solaris news, we uh, the 3.1 LEM update has just been released. So we've now got selectable traditions so that tradition trees are no longer hardlocked and you get to choose which trees you pursue in a playthrough. Uh, there's also a reworked UI for, the, for, this, for these trees as well. Uh, there's a new tradition tree, or there's new tradition trees have been added for both the Nemesis and Apocalypse DLCs and um, some new mercantile tradition, uh, a new mercantile tradition in the base game. There's some stuff that's been added for some of the species packs as well. So the Planetoid species pack allows you to um, <laughs> to reproduce by budding. Players are phototropic species that relies partly on energy and uh, some other stuff. Humanoid species pack has, um, you can play as the remains of an ancient clone army. That sounds pretty cool, actually. The Necroid species pack also has reanimators added, uh, which allows you to embrace the afterlife by reanimating more targets. 
And there's some other bits and pieces, some rebalancing and restructuring of civics and origins, as well as many bug fixes and AI improvements. I was talking to Rob the other night. Uh, well, well, Rob actually posted on our Discord because he's been super, super busy, but he just left a rather cryptic message <laughs> saying that Stellaris is actually in a really good place right now. And that's like this happens to me like roughly once a year. I hear I, somebody would, that I kind of trust will tell me that Stellaris is actually really good. <laughs> so it kind of make it kind of piques my interest. And then I kind of remember all those times that I, I got burned before. So in, the problem is with Solaris is it's like it's a slow burn burn. So, you know, you, you might be playing sort of like for five, six hours before you realize you've wasted your time. And so I, I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm hoping that this is, you know, that Stellaris is finally kind of getting polished into a place where it's, you know, that it is going to be the game that the kind of they kind of promised originally. What do you guys think about this? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I, I played it when the Nemesis expansion came out, you know, the Nemesis DLC came out, and it sort of just felt like more of the same mostly. I, yeah, I, I don't know what they can really do to tweak it to make it to make it fun for me, but this looks at least like a step in the right direction. And if, if people are enjoying it now that weren't before, it must be a significant change, you know? Yeah, I mean... This is something that I learned recently, actually, with with Conquest of Elysium Five, which was a you know on on paper it looked like a relatively small update to you know Conquest of Elysium Four, but the all those little changes really gradually brought the the quality of the game up in a big way, and I, I think that's perfectly possible for Stellaris. I, there is a you know I can I can visualize a, a possible world where Stellaris just has loads of loads of little fixes and little tweaks that you know raises the game and raises raises the bar of what it can offer basically and i i think that's perfectly possible so i'm going to i'm going to be cautiously optimistic in in hoping and when i get some time again i like with phoenix point i'm going to sit down with stellaris and and play a game through and just see how see how it's changed because they they add a lot you know they always add, add a lot of stuff and stellaris has already got a lot of stuff in it you know it's a game with lots and lots of stuff the problem is for me that i just i think the core gameplay loops just a little bit too long and i'm wondering if maybe i could just personally for for my enjoyment i might be able to fix that by just playing on smaller maps i don't know um, what what do you reckon what are you thinking Drexy? i i've tried playing stellaris on smaller maps and it just didn't work so the tr- tradition tree uh is probably the most interesting thing for me on this but i don't know man it's just not enough changes for me to be interested i don't know i might play with my mate who really loves stellaris maybe play a multiplayer game at least to give me a reason yeah. to try it. But personally, I wouldn't play it solo still. Yeah, was, I, that, I think we've all got to that kind of point where we're, we all feel a little bit burned. Uh, I was thinking maybe we should organise an Explorminate game sometime, get us on and record some multiplayer gameplay. I don't know, have you got like 20 hours? <laughs> oh, sure, you know, I'll just pull it out of... Uh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> now I've played it with some bouts on his channel. I think it... I think that probably took about six hours, maybe at the most, before oh, everyone got then. bored and just gave up. <laughs> you don't have to play to the end. It's just, you know. I mean, Stellaris is kind of top loaded, isn't it? So I think like a lot of the good stuff is kind of like at the at the start of the game. And I know that some of the, like, for example, the Nemesis update really seemed to kind of, or the DLC really seemed to kind of try to, you know, make the end game a little bit more interesting for, you know, depending on how you play it. And I'm all for that. I think, you know, if, for me, the the part of Stellaris where I kind of get bored is the mid game actually. Um, but the, the last time I did play it, I actually I actually quite enjoyed the the excessive micromanagement of all the planet stuff. You know, like all the planet resource management. I don't know why. It kind of I quite enjoyed it. I think I was I just found it kind of zen and interesting and, and kind of 
you know, in the same way that, you know, you might play play Tetris or something. <laughs> I kind of, I found that quite fun, but I don't know. I might, I can imagine getting bored of it pretty damn quick. So that's the we'll bit see, that yeah. bugs me the most. <laughs> yeah. The, the, there is, Although there is they have changed it. They have changed it recently. So I'm right. Just, okay. I mean, they, they keep changing it so often. I can't really keep up with the pace of changes to be honest. Yeah. With Nemesis, they uh, reduced the amount of micromanagement with the pops and the planetary management. Do you think it worked? I think so. Like, I think there's less micro. There was an issue with, I want to say, the pop growth. I think it was slowed way down or something. And uh, I don't know if it's been tweaked since then because I haven't been back. It may even be tweaked with this update. I'm not sure. But yeah, they'd have to be working on that. It was a pretty major complaint as far as I remember. But uh, yeah, I think they have done something good with the micromanagement. That sounds good. Yeah, I, I need to check Stars out again. I, I have enjoyed my time with it, and I know that we rag on it a little bit, and it's become a bit of a, a sort of an explominate meme to sort of rag on Solaris. And it's not a bad game. I don't. I don't think that anybody should be saying it's a bad game. Um, I think that it's it's perfectly acceptable to the, though to say that you got burned out on it quite early when the game wasn't in a great state, and that's definitely what happened with me. And I'm sure that that's what happened with Drexy as well. Yeah, that's more or less the same as what happened with me. Like, I burned out on it pretty early, and I come back to it every now and then, play it with some friends, and we play around until we get bored of it and get off, and yeah, it just hasn't really hit me the same. But yeah, I'm hoping something something comes out that just makes it click. I could imagine actually playing Solaris with friends, and if you're playing it kind of like at a slow pace and just really enjoying the the species and planet management side of it, you know, like the, the, really, the sort of story, the stuff that I'm talking about. You know, like Solaris, Solaris has got a lot of stuff. But because it's got a lot of stuff in it, it's it's quite easy to get lost in it all and planning how you're going to develop your, you know, you, you know your your faction and running along with these events that come up and stuff. I think it's, you know, maybe that might be quite a fun way to play it. I don't know if you're just playing it as sort of a leisurely thing. My problem, I think, with 4X games, and it's something I'm kind of trying to address, is I often see them as, you know, a competitive thing that I've got to win. And I think that's probably the right way to look at most of them because that's the kind of game that they are. You know, they are an empire-building game where the idea is you're trying to win, essentially, for the most part. And I think that um, Stellaris definitely is one of those games that you don't have to play like that. The issue that I've got with Stellaris, uh, with regards to its gameplay loop, is it kind of forces you into that. So it's not like like in conquest of elysium let's just use that as an example there's another kind of game where you can kind of you know you can play it to win or you can kind of play it to enjoy the story of what unfolds but in that game you can kind of avoid you can avoid the enemies to some extent once you've gotten to a certain power level you know you can kind of you can kind of hold them off and then go off and do your own adventuring whereas i found with stellaris that you you are kind of pushed into this constant sort of war that's going on with everyone around you particularly if you've got like you know a fanatic purifier or something next to you there's you're not going to be able to get out of that with diplomacy so generally speaking you are kind of locked into war and that's a bit of a weird thing for me to say as battle mode to be complaining that the game's got too much war in it um it's more that i feel that 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 inevitability um kind of dis- detracts from one of the, one of solaris's stronger points which is its story building aspect i think you can actually especially with the federations was it you can actually get away with, even if your alliance is at war, you don't have to be the one that's doing the fighting. You should just build ships for the Federation, let them sort of deal with it. So I think, especially if you make a big enough alliance that even fanatical purifiers won't attack you kind of thing, because obviously your alliance outmatches them, who will be just like a single empire. 
you know you, you, the way that you're speaking about it, it's kind of getting me interested now so maybe i'll have to go back to it and just and and just see if i can get over it because I, I think part of the issue that i've got now is there is a bit of inbuilt prejudice from from just playing the game several times and then just being like oh god i can't believe i just wasted 12 hours doing this <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i don't i, I I have to admit that I am I am a little bit biased when I talk about Solaris now, so I think I do need to go back to it and just have a bit of a play. Okay, um, we have got some news about a game that I'm really, really interested in. Jagged Alliance 2 was one of my favourite games, and I actually came to this game late, but it's a tactics RPG. It's like a tactical RPG game, and it's just so well done. It was made by Surtech Canada um, in around about the same kind of time that they worked on Wizardry 8, and... It's just an incredibly good game, and it's a game that's been well-supported through modding by the community ever since its release back in, I think it was 2001? Or was it, I think it was the yeah, early, early 2000s. However, we've just had the, uh, the announcement by THQ Nordic of Jagged Alliance 3, and um, there's, they've got a release trailer, which you can watch on YouTube, and it's pretty, it's pretty high-budget-looking stuff. Like the, the graphics look really, really, really good. I think the, uh, f- just from reading comments, the community are rightly a little bit skeptical, um, as you know, because I think that there have been many, many attempts to reboot Jagged Alliance, and you know, to because Jagged Alliance Two is such a beloved game, and because it's just such a high quality game, I don't think any of the sequels have ever really come anywhere near close, and everyone is all everybody's always been really disappointed. So I think people are being a little bit kind of apprehensive about Jagged Alliance Three, but it certainly looks the part. I mean, the, the graphics are absolutely excellent like they're triple a it looks like a triple a title so i'm cautiously optimistic what what do you guys think have you guys played jagged alliance i know sacrilege but no i never actually actually played the game i should have i own it i I had a brief look at it and then i just went yeah i'll come back to this and then i haven't so it's funny because jagged alliance one the original is uh i think i don't know if it's still on steam now but for the last couple of days it's been free so you can just download it and try it. Now the old the the first Dragon Alliance is actually quite old. It's an old DOS game, and uh, I think it must be like 1995, something like that. So it's it's kind of showing its age. But Dragon Alliance Two is still an amazing game, and it's not really sacrilege that you missed it, Drexy. I don't think it's it's not like missing XCOM or something. You know that would be sacrilege, <clears throat> Sean. But um, I think it's more like it, it's uh, it's really big with its own fan base it's like a cult what you'd call a cult classic i guess now and i came i came i actually got into jagged alliance about two years ago so it was really you know quite recently that i got into it and man i fell deep into that game i played nothing but that for i don't know i must i must have got hundreds of hours in that game i played it so much and i've still not finished the campaign but it's just it's one of it's the best tactics game i've played i'd say I'd, i'm gonna go out on a limb there and you know i'm Obviously, tactical RPGs are a different kettle of fish to something like Field of Glory, but still, I think that Jagged Alliance 2, it, it stands up as... It's probably in my top 10 games of all time. It's that good. So I think that Jagged Alliance 3 has got a lot to make up for, basically. And I think that there's there's a bit of ill will with the fan base to get over because of the past failures of you know Jagged Alliance 2 sequels. So let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, and hope, hopefully uh, THQ Nordic can pull out Stormer. In in my defence, I was four when XCOM came out. By the way, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't mate. know. Oh, <laughs> all right, fine, I'll cop it. Yeah, all right. So uh, the thing is, the developer behind it, Hammermont Games. I don't think they've actually done anything really like this. They've they they have a decent back catalogues. You know, they, they've done City Builders, or they've done whatever Surviving Mars is. It's more or less a city builder. They've done Rick Devran, like an ARPG. They've done 
They did a murder city of gangsters. Like they've got some variety in their back catalog there, but I don't think they've actually done anything in the same vein as J A Jagged Alliance. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope they can pull it off, but we'll just have to wait and see. Are these the guys that did Tropico as well? Yep, that's the one. Right. Okay. Because it's got a very Tropico looking kind of vibe, like the way in the in the in the trailer. Uh, it kind of pans across one of the battle maps and the way that the characters are sort of loitering around, you know, the NPCs, it kind of reminded me of Tropico, the more recent Tropico games, actually. So I don't know, like I didn't play Tropico very much, but I understand they're pretty good games. So, I mean, they've, they've got, you know, I mean, Tro- and Tropico is an old game now. The original was ni- late 90s, I think. So I think they've uh, they've got a bit of prestige behind them. So it's interesting to see what they do with it anyway. Okay, and I think Drexy's got some information for us about Distant Worlds 2. I do indeed. Um, Distant Worlds 2 have just, uh, they've just released a dev block 4. And basically what they're saying is they're trying to make um, space terrain, if that's even possible. It's basically um, based around nebulas. So if you're traveling through a nebula, your ships travel slow and also they've changed the way the hyperdrives worked whilst previously in uh, distant worlds one you basically could fly until your fuel well until your fuel got to the point where you couldn't return back is that how it worked if i remember correctly yeah but now yeah but now it's like a set jump a limit so to get to somewhere even if you got the fuel it'll jump and then you'll have to jump again so with these two things, they're, they're trying to make, I guess, space terrain. I'm not sure how I feel about this, to be honest. What do you guys think about it? I think that if the game was too similar to Distant Worlds 1, then I I don't know, like I've got mixed feelings on it because I, I, I like it when... I think the Distant Worlds 1, by the way, sorry. I think the Distant Worlds universe is still incredibly playable. And I think if Distant Worlds 2 was just a kind of reskin for that one for that game... I, I don't know. I, d- I don't. I don't necessarily need 3D graphics, so that probably wouldn't be enough for me to be that bothered about it. But it is, you know, the the, the core gameplay of Distant Worlds Universe is just so tight. It's, you know, we we voted it the best 4X game of all time, and I stand I stand by that. I think it's I think it's one of the, the best games that I've ever played. It's so good. So if Distant Worlds Two is doing stuff that's different, uh, I trust you know, uh, Eric and Elliot and the rest, you know, and whoever else is behind it to to do a good job because they are just, they are solid developers. Code Force are solid developers. They worked really hard on Distant Worlds Universe to get its ship shape. And I think that, you know, whatever they whatever they go for will likely be a good game. That's, that's my guess anyway. And I can't really say too much more about it. Um, I, have, I have been involved in the beta, so I can't really talk much more about it, to be honest. Well, they're saying they're trying to make choke points, which is what happened with Stellaris and removing the other jump uh, drive types to make uh, choke points. So that's a bit worrying. But uh, the other thing is basically what you can do is like sort of uh, draw a route by the looks of this screenshot to go around the nebulas. And I, I hate micromanaging fleets like that, to be honest. That was a good thing about distant worlds. I could just sort of move a fleet to not just outside of a solar system, have a part there waiting until I was ready to maybe move a second fleet in as well and stuff like that. I don't know, you can probably still do it that. It's just um, slightly why that it's going to, I don't know, just change it a bit too much for me, too much micromanaging. The other thing I'm wondering about is um, how would this affect the, um, the, the, the public 
ships, the public sector ship. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I like I say, I don't really know much about it because I've I've not actually, I you know, I, Rob and I were in the beta. We're not really allowed to talk about it, but um, I haven't actually played. I haven't had chance to play it for a while, which is unfortunate because it's not good for beta testers to do that really. But I've been just you know with my personal life, I've just been too busy really to. I haven't even really played any games. Um, apart from a brief spell being addicted to Conquest of Elysium Five, so um, I've I've kind of I've not really seen where the game's at for a while. So I, I you know, and even if I did, I wouldn't be allowed to talk about it. Uh, let's just say that you know, I'm I'm confident that Distant Worlds Two is going to be a decent game because I I know that that Code Force are just solid developers and they they along with Distant Worlds Universe, you know, their track record is that they that they support their games for a fair while afterwards and they they make they make good on making them really really you know on, on making good games so i'm confident i'm i think that i also share your your you know just hearing about this, this sort of stellaris like change i don't think it's going to be like that i don't think it's going to be quite so node based as stellaris is that's one of the things that i don't like about stellaris as well and um i didn't like it about en- endless space too either whereas you know i mean master of orion is technically node based and i kind of like that so I don't know. It just depends on it. Just depends on how it kind of works. But I think that from what I was reading on the dev diary, I don't. Th- I think they're still allowing you to kind of go anywhere. I just think that the way that it way that it works now is slightly different. Also, one thing that I didn't like so much about Distant Worlds Universe until I got used to it was, you know, like if you run out of fuel while your fleets are halfway through jumping, instead of be- becoming stranded, it kind of allowed you to carry on traveling, but like with the very, very, very slow. So often you'd build this amazing like fleet, like you know this fleet of new, brand new shiny ships that you designed, gathered all the resources for, and got you know built and you know gone through all the struggle of getting your industry up to the point of building this thing, and then you send it off into a war, but you've miscalculated the amount of fuel you need, so you just watch them struggle for ages trying to get out of deep space to get to where they're going. <laughs> so maybe if that if this new change kind of you know makes that less of an issue, I mean I know that. You know, if you're good at the game, you're going to kind of avoid things like that because you'll have planned for it. But I don't know. There's so much going on in distant worlds that often just kind of plotting my fuel points was, or my my fuel distance wasn't always something that was <laughs> was forefront forefront in my mind. Well, this is going to make it worse because you're going to have to use more fuel because you're not traveling in a straight line. You're sort of zigzagging across, you know, the universe. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, you can kind of make fuel ships, kind of in distant world universe, but um, yeah, this might actually make that more of an issue, wouldn't it? It's hard to say. Uh, it's hard to say. Like I say, I've not, I've not played the recent beaters, and even if I had, I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, okay, what else have we got in the news, Sean? I think you've got a new game for us. Yeah, so there was a Kickstarter that came out for a game called Rattenreich, which I thought was interesting enough to talk about. So it's an RTS game, and it's set in, it looks like it starts, from what I can tell, it starts in World War One and then goes through to World War Two in the campaign. And it's it, going to have all the different factions that were involved. You've got the Axis powers and the allies involved. But the interesting part that I thought was it's going to be have anthropomorphic units, like all of the different countries are going to be re- are going to be represented by different creatures. Like I think they're going to have the Germans represented as rats and they're going to have another uh, country represented as cockroaches and Australia is actually represented as lizards, I think. So they're, they're doing it. Yeah, it'll be basically like the World Wars, but you're going to have animals fighting instead of people for some reason. But it looks technically quite impressive as well. You know, like graphically it looks impressive. There's the 
there's a dismemberment system for individual units. You can scale it down to the squad level or apparently the individual level. There's going to be a first-person mode, which I haven't really spent any time with it, but I've been told it's like Men of War. But, yeah, it looks really interesting. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, it does sound really cool, actually. So that'd be one for us to keep our eyes on, I guess. And, yeah, also, and then there's the Ashes of the Singularity Core Worlds DLC released, which is essentially just adding new maps based on real-world locations around the world, like the real world. So it's more or less all that does. But then they've also released the 3.1 update as well, which is pretty wild how long they've been developing this for. But the main part of this, they're reducing the load times of maps, improving combat balance visuals. The big one that they've done was to increase the amount of CPU cores that can simultaneously interact with the game. So from 8 to 16 cores... Uh, no, sorry, simultaneously interact with the GPU from 8 to 16 cores. So it's supposed to improve the performance with all the units all over the screen, which is really good because you can have like a ton of units on the screen. Like it's it's almost like, I guess, a little slightly slower uh, Supreme Commander. So you're gonna, you can have crazy amounts of units on the screen. So any performance improvements are welcome. I've not played that one for a while. In fact, I didn't really play it a whole lot. I've got to be honest. It was one of these games that I bought in a Steam sale uh, when it was very cheap. And I bought it purely because Star- I like, I, Stardock just make good games. That's my opinion. They make good games. And I played it, and sure enough, it was a good game. It wasn't quite Subcom, um, but nothing is. And I think trying to approach it, expecting Subcom, you're going to... just So for people who don't know what I'm talking about, Supreme Commander uh, Forged Alliance is kind of one of the benchmark games in the RTS genre for a big, big, complex RTS game with huge scope. It's kind of, I don't know, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's to it is to RTS what something like Dominions is to Forex. I guess it's it's kind of really it's big and quite complex and and wonderful game. But I think that Ashes of the Singularity is much is a little bit more stripped down. I think it's probably designed more for multiplayer and it's but it's a decent game. It looks amazing as well. It's the, I mean it's Sean said it's kind of an old game now. It's getting on and it's really not unlike Stardock to carry on supporting their games long after you know that they anybody has stopped buying them essentially they've they're really good for that they will keep patching and updating games i mean hell they they've just released another update for fallen enchantress legendary heroes which is i mean a 2010 game i think so it's, it's really old now so they, they they are keeping updating and patching these games so I, again it's I, I don't really play a whole lot of rts now but i'd quite like to go back to it and just have a look to see what you know what it's like because i had i remember having fun with it yeah, I haven't played it for a I haven't played it for a while to be honest. But what I did play of it, I quite enjoyed. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying that it is equivalent to Supreme Commander because let's yeah, as you said, nothing is that's an unattainable bar. But if there was something that I was going to say, it's kind of like I would say that's probably the closest thing it is to. It's probably closer to. I mean, I, I'd say that it's a little bit like the original Total Annihilation. I don't know if you remember that. That's a really old game. Now, that was the first game I bought for my PC when I first got a PC that was capable of playing video games back in about 1997, I think it must have been. So, um, but yeah, like it kind of reminds me of Total Annihilation a little bit, although Total Annihilation was quite slow paced, I'd say, whereas I think Ashes is probably a little bit quicker. It's more like Supreme Commander in that respect, because, uh, you know, I think that the, the pace of the units is just a little bit quicker than Total Annihilation. I remember that being quite a slow paced game. Well, apparently I own this game. I only just found out, <laughs> so, I've, so I've never played it. Uh, it's actually got quite a lot of DLC as well. I don't know. Maybe I should take a look at it. 
I think if you like RTS games, it's solid. It's a solid game. I I remember reading um, one of Stardock's dev blogs and they were talking about their aims for the game. And they I think they basically wanted to make a sort of, uh, you know, Supreme Commander-ish game that was just bet- more streamlined and better and better designed for multiplayer games, basically. I think, and they, they have got a small but quite thriving multiplayer community, I understand. So I know that on their Discord, they're, you know, they, they're often organizing tournaments and things. So it sounds like there are p- people who are still playing it. And yeah, it's one to check out at some point, no doubt. Or, okay. Um, just some news for the site. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've posted an article I wrote on Conquest of Elysium 5. It's quite a, quite a long review. And if anybody's interested, go and check that out. Um, a bit of a spoiler. Uh, we rated it exemplary, or I rated it exemplary, because it is a good game. And uh, when I say it's a good game, it's a very, very good game now. I think it's a big, big improvement over Conquest of Elysium 4. And... Uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. I got com- after I f- after I finished my exams this summer, I got completely hooked on Conquest of Elysium after it was released. So I've got like I just played a hundred hours of it, just pretty much back to back, and really, really enjoyed my time with it. So go and check out my review on Explominate and see if it's your kind of thing, because it seems to me that the game that Conquest of Elysium Four had a relatively small audience, and I understand that uh, Conquest of Elysium 5 has actually sold quite well. So it looks like there's a lot more players now, and it's a really good multiplayer game, particularly if you like playing if you like playing cooperatively with your friends. So uh, go check that out. Also, Drexian, I, and Daz Tactic interviewed all winter, and that interview should be up on our podcast. And it's I think that's been up for a couple of weeks. So if somehow you've been living under living in a cave or under a rock, and you've missed that, go and check it out. It will be primarily of interest to people who've played uh, either Dominions or Conquest of Elysium, but there's loads of cool information from you know about about both of those games. And um, Yuan and Christopher were really really nice people. We just it was just really really fun to talk to them. And you know we got loads of cool info about the games. So go and check that one out too because I think that's you know it, they don't do often, interviews very often, and it, we were very very privileged to be able to get one with them. So yeah, go and check that and uh, let us know what you think about it. So we also did an interview with Lee Harris. He's the solo developer of a game that he's working on called Fragile Existence, and that should be up next week. So we're looking forward to that. It was re- he was a really really lovely guy, and it was an interesting chat. So looking forward to seeing what people think of that one. In fact, yeah, you'll, probably, really... you'll probably hear this here. <laughs> that will be released before this will be released. So hopefully, it should be out by the time you hear this. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's ready to go up. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I think uh, we're just waiting for the boss man to to get it up there. Um, it might be one of those that's been, uh, kind of gone up for the patrons already. But um, yeah, and where is Rob? This isn't this is an interesting question. So uh, Rob is super busy at work at the moment, so he's unfortunately not been able to join us. He's not going to be about for another couple of weeks, I don't think either, because he's just up to his eyeballs. So hello, Rob, if you're listening, uh, we're just going to say hello and. Yeah, Rob. Rob will be back. It's not just going to be the Ben and Drexy and Sean show, um, but I, but he's just he's just run off his feet, and you know he's, he's got lots of stuff going on. So very very difficult for him to kind of even to get time at the weekends to do these things. So, uh, but Rob will be back. So don't worry. Well, Commonwealth's taken over, but only temporarily. We've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usurped his crown. Yes. Well, whilst Rob's away, I'm going to have a little rant. Okay, what are you ranting about, Drex? Well, okay. About five years ago on the uh, Kerberos Games Forum, the 
guys who made uh, Sword of the Stars games. They, he, he, the main guy, Mecron, he posted hypothetically saying, would you guys be interested in a, a Sword of the Stars 1 HD remake? Which, of course, everyone said, yay! And he said, okay, well, get a, a petition together with 30k um, signatures and we might do it. Now, obviously, for, for its gain, to get 30k people to sign a petition is ridiculous. And then after that, he said, well, we've got these games coming out, which are not for its games or strategy games or probably any games you're interested in. But please go ahead and buy those so we have some money to make it, which a lot of people did. I did not because I'm not interested in your game. And also you released a game called Sword of Stars 2, which was an absolute mess. So I have very little faith in your company, dear sir. And I think personally, you should be the one that's trying to get my trust back into your company rather than me giving you money for games a, I'm not interested. B, look like they were made in a 48-hour game jam. <laughs> are they really that bad? The last two are like party games. Um, they did have The Pit, which was actually quite a good game. It was like um, sort of based in the sort of Stars universe, and it was like a turn-based roguelike. Um, they have released The Pit Infinity recently, which was more of a third-person FPS version, which... It's got mixed reviews on Steam with about 250 reviews. So I'm guessing it kind of sold okay. But a lot of uh, fans of the Pit series now are saying, well, we kind of would have rather had a roguelike game rather than a first-person shooter game because, you know, we're roguelike players and we're not into Twitch gameplay type things. So anyway, come to the 90th page of this thread. One of the guys, one of the well-known guys on the Kerberos forums said, look, guys, they're a small company and, uh, you know, just curb your enthusiasm and it's been five years and this will probably not happen. In which Macron replied, oh, I've written this reply. This is the 13th uh, draft of this reply and the last 12 were not safe for work. So I kind of got pissy with this. The guy's reply was pretty reasonable. And I said, look, why are you having a go at him when you've shown no nothing to us? You've got all these guys who are on your forum. You've got people trying to mod Sword of the Stars 2 for years and years and years with zero help from you trying to fix your goddamn game. And now you're just turning around and saying, well, you guys make a petition and buy my shitty games and uh, I might consider doing this for you guys. End of rant. Yeah. It, I mean, it seems like, I don't know, I, I don't really understand why he would get angry about that if he's not, you know, if he's been a bit vague about, especially if he's been a bit vague about, you know, what's going to be going on with this HD remake, particularly if he dangled a carrot in front of people, you know, and a carrot that actually was, you know, hey, buy my games and then I might make the one that you really want. It does seem a little bit, you know, that's probably, I could see how that people would be disappointed by that, basically. I don't really know much about this. I, I haven't played Sword of the Stars 1 even that much. And um, what I have played of it, I quite liked. I thought it was, a, I think it's a solid game. And I definitely understand why people rate it as a, you know, as one of the classics of the 4X genre now, because it does, it does a lot of things very differently. I'm more familiar with The Pit, bizarrely. Uh, that is a roguelike game. It's like an actual roguelike. Um, and it's, you know, like a proper one, like NetHack. And it's uh, it's a good one, I'd say, um, from what I've played of it. I've probably played about 30 hours of the pit, I guess. And 
maybe done about yeah i've done i've done a good few runs i've never won it but it's uh it's a decent game that is so it does seem a bit strange that they they seem to jump from genre to genre it's not that unusual for an indie studio to do that um but maybe i don't know it, it seems like a bit of an odd decision and yeah i can i can completely understand why you know people including yourself would be frustrated with with the developer's response there i think people you know would like to see another Sword of the Stars game, uh, but it's got to be done well. And obviously people got burned with Sword of the Stars too, so. Yeah, I mean, okay, I understand it's his business. He can run it how he wants. But I don't know, I just have so little faith that they're even capable of doing it, you know? I just, I almost think Sword of the Stars 1 was a fluke. <laughs> it's like, seriously, uh, I don't know. Because um, some of the ideas they came up here with Sword of the Stars 2 was just oh god awful and the fact that it just ran like shit I th- they've always blamed paradox for this and paradox has all, always blamed them and judging by his forum posts i think they were more to blame than paradox ever was yeah i just wish they would just release the source code for both games and let people mod both games and actually come up with good working modern versions of both games and you know but it's up to them it's their game they can do with it what they want so we'll see i think i think that would be a reasonable thing to do um if they if they aren't marketing the games anymore i guess in that case maybe they're trying to have their cake and eat it you know like well we're not going to make this hd remake yet but you know we, we might want to do it so they're not going to kind of open it up i mean think about the other games that that we know of that have been made a load better with mods right like master of magic I can't play that game unmodded, but modded, it's amazing, you know, with Caster of Magic. Star Drive, uh, Rob is really, really into that black box mod. And um, I forget what the other one, there's two There's two mods he plays uh, together. But those two mods are just really, really, you know, change Star Drive to make it just a really good game. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a few games out there that I've really been, oh, Warlock 2 with the Renaissance mod is a phenomenally good game. It's, I mean, it's so much fun and it, and, I, I I never played that without the mod, to be honest. <laughs> but I gather that people who did all the say, you know, like pretty much unanimously, that that mod is just essential for that game. So maybe that's what they could do with it. You know, if they were, maybe they could release the source code and allow modders to get, you know, to do it. Because if they're not going, if they're just going to sit on it and not do anything with it, then I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like they could do so much with it. And Swords of the Stars clearly, clearly has such a huge audience. And, you know, or, or I say huge. It's got a it's got a dedicated bunch of people who who consistently say that it's one of their favorites. You know, games and you know whenever we've done top lists, you know, top ten lists, and or we talk about you know which are our favorite space forex games. So, there's always somebody. There's always that guy who comes up and goes, "What about Sword of the Stars? That is definitely the best forex game that was ever made. How dare you not say it?" And <laughs> that kind of stuff. Is that me? I don't know if it's you, Jaxi. I, I, unless you've got multiple, you've got like loads of different accounts. <laughs> you just log, you just log into it like Reddit and and Steam, and you keep popping up and going. What about Sword of the Stars? Sword of the Stars is the best space forex ever made. God damn it! No, if he was on there, he'd be spamming stuff about Sid Meier's starships. Oh yeah, 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 that's definitely the best game. <laughs> God, I almost bought it. You know, it's it's funny because. Um, uh, Rob was uh, Rob was being very very generous one Christmas and he bought and he bought all the staff a game for for helping him out with the site and uh, I I put sort of <laughs> I put Sid Meier's Starship at the top of my list and uh, and then I was like oh shit he might actually buy it for me <laughs> I've got to be careful here because I might end up with a really really <clears throat> good game 
Okay, guys, I think we should wrap this up. Thanks for joining me, Drexy. No problem. And I hope my rant uh, doesn't piss off too many people, but I just, you know, it just irks me. It's been irking me for the past five years, this thread. It's 90 pages long, man. It's like, oh, God, whatever. I'm just, yeah, I've lost all hope. I get it. I get it. I think when, when, you've, got a, when you've got a game that, you know, because I, I remember you talking very fondly about your anticipation for Sword of the Stars 2 when we were doing our top 10 list, you know, and, and then saying how disappointed you were. So I, I can tell that it's this has been a bit of a personal bugbear for you. <laughs> yeah, it's been my biggest disappointment in gaming, like for a game to come out and being totally heartbroken almost. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Sean, as well. Cheers for joining us, sir. That's no worries. Anytime, man. Glad we could talk about some games. Okay, well, this was Ben, Drexy, and Sean for Explorinate. Catch you next time, guys. Keep exploring.